If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat up old running shoes, Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now, go. Yeah. Yeah, what do you want? Beak or jaws? Feathers or fur? Sharp teeth or feet with claws? Whatever's preferred. They'll grant you all last requests to steady your nerves. Then podcast the body parts, get severed and served. Bring your weak shit where the wolf and owler. That ain't just a mistake, that's an awful howler. Both of them are known to pull up at your shows. Have the crowd witnessing the murder like they rolled in with a gang of crows. Fuck their censorship, let them see the whole thing. They stay dressed to kill, never sheep's clothing. Dark enough to turn the sun to the moon, you'll see nothing. All you hear's a huff a puff and Expect killings, red spilling and flesh ripping Impressive in it, the death bringing his head spinning Just kidding, every word in his songs about two grown men Dressed up as a bird and a dog Welcome to the Wolf and Owl podcast I uh, hope you're well um, I'm Robert Schrag and Nathan, the Owl And I am Yo, joined I'm Tom by... Davis and I'd be the Wolf, 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 Wolf Yeah, boy What was that? That was me coming in hard and, yeah. and fast. I sometimes think that like the podcast that people are about to listen to is indicative of the beginning that we give it. You, you um, mean you the, the, the beginning that we give it is indicative of the podcast that the people are going to listen to? So, so they ask about face, haven't they? Yeah, I mean, either way, mate, it feels like you're dangling your bollocks there trying to be Ooh. tight. Uh, <laughs> Big Johnny Sweets is in the fucking uh, house, yeah? I, I, um, I've got, I've got, listen, I'm going to say straight off the... Straight, yo. You know what I was about to say? I was about to get so sweary so early on. I've been, I've listened back to a couple of these. And yeah. uh, I, I, the only time that Tom and I really listen to these is when we think we might have said something cancellable, really, because it's very difficult yeah. to listen back to it. And we swear quite a lot, don't we? Do we swear more than, like, can I just say, that, and this is, right, this is this because Lisa has started listening to this? No, because no, Lisa's told no, you off as well. No, so so Lisa <laughs> has started listening to these because Lisa's going to take over the uh, email admin, but she doesn't care about me swearing. I, I, I'm just talking about you know when you pick up little things. Yeah, I mean I swear a lot anyway. I, I actually think you're one of the you're one of the best swearers I know. Yeah, but you are. But also you have got a mouth like I talk. I swear a lot more around you than some other people. Wow, like you have. It's, got it's a, an incredible. No, it's an incredible thing. To, you, what you've managed to do there is blame me for you swearing more. No, yeah, I'm that's not basically what that. you said. You go, you went, you got a toilet, uh, then you stopped, and then you went. I do swear around you a lot more than. So what does that mean? That means that there's something about me that makes you swear more. That's what you're saying. No, no, you've just got quite a sweary edge to you. Like I remember, do you remember the first time you ever heard swearing? Oh God, yeah, fuck, I love swearing. I, re- I remember when who, I who's God. Who was the first person you heard swearing? It was, uh, you know, when you used to go and play out every day, all day. Yeah. You know, back in the day. God, what days? Oh. What days? You know what? I, you know what? I do love those days as almost as much as I hate the Facebook posts where people go, do you remember when we were growing up, you used to go out all day, you'd be around out all day, you'd eat wham bars, you'd be able to like, t- you'd be able to go back to a nonsense you know house and there'd be hate, no sorry. danger. <laughs> those were the days. The thing I hate about them, I hate about them, right? Yeah. 
It's fucking it. like write that yourself. <laughs> write that yourself. Write your own memories because that's what memories are. I know. Don't copy and paste something that someone else in an office has put. Back and go. Let's see if we can make this go yeah. viral. Remember it yourself. I know. And then you remember they say things like, "Oh, do you remember?" Do you remember uh, roller coolers? Yeah, we all do. Because they were fucking all available when we were children. A whole generation remembers them. <laughs> of course we fucking do. You know what my, my, my happiest memories are of like those days of being out is like if there was like a big World Cup on, you'd just play like World Cup Willie for hours and hours. Or if the Olympics were on, you just set up like running race, sprinting, and whatever, and whatever the big sports that were like wrestling, whatever. Mm. You just do those big sports events. You know, what? They, they were such you know heady days. I, I was a, I was a bit of a strange kid, I think. Right, and uh, this is really embarrassing. I, I, I almost, as I'm going to tell this story, I almost I can't understand the logic of what I was thinking at the time. So it's a bit weird, right? So when I was a yeah. kid, my mum took me shopping, I had to get some new pants. Right? I must have been about... Um... <laughs> I love the fact, like, just quickly, yeah, I love the fact that you went shopping specifically for yeah. pants. Yeah, so we had to get... That's like... <laughs> okay, Ugh, well, Romish is going to need some underpants. Romish no, needs mate, some that's, that's how the decisions were made, like, because I went through clothes so quickly because I was so big for my age. And I don't mean height-wise, I mean just fat. I, I remember going to get uniform and, like, one of the members of staff at the at the uniform place took my mum aside to explain how they're, <laughs> how they're probably going to have to find adult trousers and shorten them because they'd not come across a kid with a waist like this before. <laughs> I mean, Mate, I look like someone from Hoxton the whole of my fucking ankle swingers nothing really fit oh, that well so I, like if i was to walk out in shoreditch and hoxton in my old school uniform now people would go he's fucking edgy did you, did, but back then I, did, yeah. did you ever have it where was, like there were some kids weren't there that like september year the year would start and they just owned their look whether it was uniform or whatever yeah. the blazer fitted them like nice the way they had their bag the way they carried their bag was cool their shoes looked cool i mean i would just fucking bumble along you mean sort of yeah. one like one half of my shirt hanging out because I couldn't get it underneath the fucking muffin top of my stomach, right? The bag, the bag on the shoulders pushing the blazer apart like I was presenting my breasts as a fucking exhibit. <laughs> <laughs> I was like the opposite. Me and you would have looked like cartoon characters if we gone to school together, because I was like about six foot. Yeah. I was tall. I was skinny, and everything was just too short. Yeah. And like you meant like. Do you remember when like kickers came in? Yeah, like everyone had kickers. Yeah, I remember because I, I, I remember because I got kick- some about a year and a half after they went out. That's how <laughs> I used to roll. <laughs> Mate, I was one of the last people to have kickers, but they're wearing kickers. Like I remember, like you know, baggy trousers are in those sort of Michael Jordan esque. Yeah, you know, see like the um, last dance documentary. You see like him in those fucking sweet baggy pants, and people wearing those with kickers, right? I had like baggy trousers, but they finished just just above my ankles. And then I'd have white towel in socks and kickers. <laughs> oh, I remember, man. I remember I was like one of the only kids. There's a few few of us that were into hip hop, but most of the kids weren't, right? Like hip hop, you know, it's pretty, it's pr- I, I yeah. don't know what it's like at your school, but not many, that many kids were into hip hop when I was, when I was into it, when I was a kid. And um, I used to buy stuff that I'd seen in like a rap video and then like, or, or on Fresh Prince or something. 
And then I'd go into school and people go, what the fuck are you wearing that for? Like, you know, they wouldn't understand the content. So I remember, for example, I used to be obsessed with Flavor Flav from Public Enemy. Now, Flavor Flav's got a very particular dress sense, which if anybody out there is thinking about uh, taking on any of Flavor Flav's sartorial kind of influences, I would say don't do it because, you know, it's very much Flav's look. But he used to wear really bright coloured coats. So I brought I bought a bright coloured coat thinking I looked like Flavor Flav. was it? I can't remember. I, 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 like market job. Or I think it was, it, was like a, a it was a market. It was a market job. But like yeah, it had yeah. a similar sort of color scheme to what Flavor Flavor had worn on some TV appearance I'd seen. But of course, people don't see you and go, "Oh, wow, he's like taking a little influence from Flavor Flavor." There, what they think is, "Oh, his mum's bought his coat for him." Right? <laughs> I, I, I essentially asked for, begged for a coat that led to me being bullied for a year. <laughs> Because, mate, when you're a kid, yeah, yeah, you get a coat and that is your coat oh, for a year. Mate. And, and you wear it all the and time, that, by I mean, the way, because you want to try and cover yeah, up yeah, your yeah. blazer. So it doesn't matter what the weather is. You put the coat on. <laughs> Man, you know what I was obsessed with? I was sort of, the music I was into, as we've discussed, everyone go back and listen to my hip-hop so you laugh when Romish ruins me for uh, for my love of hip-hop at that time. But I was very much commercial hip-hop. Yeah. Uh, but I was obsessed with, like, Dreddy, Spliffy, Karkani, yeah. um, Naf, 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 you know, and I remember a Mufti day where I turned up thinking, because my mates outside, I had like a group of mates inside, like mates inside school, but I had mates where we sort of lived before who were sort of my out of school mates and they were more into hip hop, they were more into that sort of vibe. So I remember sort of being out with them and sort of it was all sort of dready, spliffy, Karkani and whatever. Uh, and then sort of like some pro- sort of pokey old British nights or whatever. And then... Uh, but then going into school on a Mufti day wearing that stuff and no one in my school had sort of really seen that stuff and like, <laughs> like actually like racist towards me for the basis that I was wearing these labels. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what are you doing, mate? It was the first time I'd ever sort of like witnessed anything like that. Like, but everyone, everyone then was polo shirt, you know, yeah. pair of jeans, pair of Reebok classics. That was literally a uniform. Of yeah, you know, and it's what later on I'd sort of get into. But at the time, I was tr- like you trying to be different. Oh man! What if there's any kids? If there's kids listening to this, like who are trying to be different, uh, there will come a time in your life actually where being different in body like is the best thing that you've ever done because you'll be um, a guy with demons, and you know you can reminisce with another guy who's badly bullied at school on a podcast. But, um, <laughs> but <laughs> it is also the making you. I, I you know what I I find you know we me and you have had quite. a a week now where we've been filming the show and we've we've worked with um kid different kids and you sort of it's weird isn't it like when you see that sort of hierarchy of, of them sort of the different la- layers and you know you watch them and you think oh i'd have definitely been him that oh was- mate yeah i mean but it's so weird isn't it because i i get very it's interesting because we working well on gary we've been working with a group of kids and seeing ki- what kids do very, very quickly, is they work out what the social hierarchy is in that group, you know, and yeah. you can see them pushing the boundaries, saying stuff, making jokes to fit to find out, they're not consciously doing this, but what they're essentially doing is finding out where they sit in that group, whether they're like the alpha or whether they're following, you know, whatever. And I find that, you know, now that we've, we've got three boys, that thing about being individual, when I was a teacher, I used to see kids that just did their own thing and were very comfortable in who they were. And I just think this is, it's so good to see, you know, to see people that are moving away from the flock because kids are, by their very nature, kids just want to 
they're terrified of expressing even a view that differs from the main group, you know, let alone like looking well, different. Think, but if I'm honest with you, I think that's men as well. Yes, I that think is true. Like is men, true. I think men as a whole, like having probably, I'd say, you know, 70% of my life worked in a very like ma- masculine uh, workplaces that I remember like, you know, where even like, you know, being 23, 24, we're so different to like a, a works do that wasn't sort of like, you know, a Ralph shirt or a fucking Harrington with a pair of 501s and a pair of, you know, whatever Patrick got, you know, daring to be wearing something a bit different and being absolutely fucking smashed the bits yeah. for it. Have I told you a story of when I saved up for the YSL jumper? No, go on. I think, it was my, I, think I must have been about 18 and like, so I'd saved up for this, y, I wanted this YSL jumper. Do you remember them? They were like different colours and they just had big YSL yeah. printed across the yeah, front brother, and I wore that to the... Yeah, the Christmas do, and you wore a like shirt underneath, yeah. pair of je- jeans. Turned up at the Christmas do, I felt a million dollars. I felt incredible, yeah. and this guy, and I will name him, called Martin Elmond. I doubt he listens to this, yeah. And he came up to me and um, he said, uh, "Do you know what YSL stands for?" And I was like, "What?" And he went, "You sad loser." And he sort of laughed, and then he went and told everyone in the pub what he'd said. Mm. So for the rest of the night, everyone was just going, "You sad loser." You sad loser. And it was just like, even now, my heart breaks. Do you a know bit. what? I feel so just... sorry for you, man. That is gut. It is gutting. And also, it's just every, like, everybody there, there's a couple, probably a couple of people there that were thinking, oh, fuck, this guy's got this fucking YSL jumper, right? <laughs> They're like pissed off because you've got like the hot, the hot thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then as soon as they get an opportunity to rinse it, they do. But, but listen, oh. but mate, at least you're wearing something decent. So, you know, sorry. So you know my mum. So my mum and I go to go to buy pants, right? <laughs> now up to this point, I've been wearing um, briefs, like tidy whites. Yeah, bro. Like yeah, whites. but sort of, you know, cartoon ones. Like I think. <laughs> <laughs> the only, right, because I only know adult rom. Right, I only know adult rom. I just pictured you now getting ready to go to work <laughs> in a pair of postman pat knickers. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so the point is, I'd been wearing briefs up to that point, you know, like Y fronts or whatever. And my and I was a weird kid. Remember this? I'm just clarifying this. I was a weird kid, weird kid, weird kid. We go there and we discover for the first time. I discover boxer shorts, right? And they were they were like a new thing. I hadn't been aware of them before. And I thought, this is amazing. These are this is underwear that's like shorts, right? This is the kind of thought process I went through. And I went, Mummy, Mummy, please, can we get boxer shorts instead of briefs? And Mum said, I don't know, darling. I, I don't know if that feels like everything will be hanging. She used to talk quite frankly like that. And I said, so now I really want, I really want boxer shorts. So anyway, we get home. I don't know why, but for some reason, I love these boxer shorts so much that I went out to play that day. <laughs> <laughs> t-shirt and just boxer shorts on right with like <laughs> did you have anything under the boxer shorts or was it oh jesus and the other kids are going do you not want to wear something out do you know those are underwear 
was go- and I just kept going, no, yeah, I know, but I just like her. I just wanna- <laughs> well, they must have thought I was such a freak. I don't know what I was thinking, man. So yeah. bad. Did you only do it once? I only did it once, yeah. Because you get once you do that once, you get anesthetized from doing that ever again, man. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was that yeah. was a bad. That was a bad look. That was a bad look. It is that weird thing of like when you start like going from like sort of juniors to secondary school. It's such a like because I, I didn't get the memo when people you know when people pass it around to say oh by the way all boys have stopped stop playing with toys now. I didn't get that memo. <laughs> God, so, so yeah, you know that thing where you sort of go you know, in the canteen at secondary school. It was kind of vibing and being whatever, like sort of people. People have changed over that summer, right? Yeah. People do change. Like, it's almost like for, I guess, for girls and guys. I mean, I can I talk sort of like from, you know, what my little group of mates was like. But everyone sort of seemed to grow up and. I remember when I was sort of it being like my birthday and whatever, and I got like it was like Ninja Turtles would have been the thing that we'd had, right? That's sort of the last bastion of toys that, that came our way. And I remember thinking I was really cool because I'd sort of got you know quite a few, a few of them. <laughs> and like you know, you're in a new form, and I was in the bottom form of every, everything, sort of making new friends, and then sort of sort of like being like, yeah, 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 well, yeah, come back to mine if you want, like you know, one day this week, and we're just like you know, I've got all the new Ninja Turtles, and um. <laughs> I remember the kids that I was chatting to trying to be really cool and like just sort of giving me a little bit of a look and sort of not really registering it because I was quite a naive kid in that way. Yeah. And then probably about an hour and a half later, it's sort of like another kid um, coming up to me and going, is it true you still play with toys? Oh, and no. being like, yeah, yeah, no, no, I've got all an ninja. And not even know, know oh, what that was. Oh, God, you then, walked and then you yeah. carry on walking into it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then I remember older kids hearing about it and come in and and, and being like, wait, you the kid who still plays? Oh. Like in the, I remember in the canteen, like queuing up for a ropey old fucking grey beef burger and a group of just seeing some people laughing. And I was used to people laughing at me anyway because I looked like, I was like a weird looking kid. I was spindly and tall and, you know, and I just used to sort of almost relish the fact if they were laughing, it usually meant they weren't going to beat me up. Uh, and, uh, so it's sort of like laughing along with yeah. them and then being like, uh, yeah, yeah. You're the kid who still plays your toys, yeah? And maybe like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow, it's cool. It's got around. I've got all the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Couldn't fathom that. Um, yeah. I think it took me about a week of like people asking and laughing at me to You know what? Do you know what I find cool. heartbreaking? A new humor had started. A new humor had started as well. It wasn't just like the fact you weren't playing with toys. Like you'd gone from bums and farts and poo poo to being funny to actual sort of piss taking sarcasm and, uh, and, and sort of a, and sort of a, a more, you know, which is indicative of the world that you walk into now. But, you know, people just started that thing. And there was probably a naivety to me there that I was just like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, um, I'm going to have to get rid of it. Yeah, it was heartbreaking. They had to sort of like box up oh, everything. Mate, that, that, but that's what I like, you know, I was about to say, I feel like I want to give you back then a hug, but then I would be, I guess I'd have to be a child as I, I'd have to have also reverted to a child because right. I don't want to give you as a child a hug as an adult. But the point no, is... No. You're then like uh, you're then in a situation where a thing you love, yeah, is caused you embarrassment. And so now, when you're packaging that stuff away, you're not packaging it like Toy Story, where you're done with you're done with it because you've grown too old for it. This is a Toy Story where the guy still wants to play with all his toys, but he's got to package them up because the fact that he's even got them could get him beaten up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
But also, it's, it's, you know, it's the one time in your life when you're packing something up and going, oh, this is it now. Yeah. Like, that is a part of my life that will never, ever come. Like, you're not, you're not like, you're, oh, you know, like my dad would tell me, <laughs> going to turn around and go, oh, don't worry about it, mate. When you get to 25, 30, you start playing with toys again. Work <laughs> them up yeah. and you'll, you'll, you'll be back. You know. Yeah. And also then you're at a loss because what do you, what, what do, you do then? What, what is your, what's your, you know, obviously, you, you know, whether it's consoles or whatever or, or just, but you're like, it's literally, I remember it being such a significant change mm. in your life. Mm. And uh, yeah, and then just and and then quite quickly having to go not just the toys but also going, oh this piss taking that's going to be a part of things now. That's going to be the banter that I find it know, really hard because because I, 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 I think to myself, I think back to my school days, and you think about you, you, you you're trying to be such a commit. You're trying to self preservation, right? You just don't want to be. Yeah. You don't want to be the guy that's getting ripped apart, and half the time the only reason that you take the piss out of anybody else is just the fucking the sheer euphoria that it's not you that's the target of it right that's that's why groups yeah. and then like so now like my our, our eldest son theo's like he's just started secondary school and he's a very individual kid like as you know right he sort of does his own thing or whatever and he's pretty yeah, strong-willed yeah. but there's part of me that goes that's really great and don't ever lose that but there's also part of me that goes I hope that doesn't get you into trouble. Do you know what I mean? Because you don't, because he's, he's just so unbothered about following the pack or whatever. But like, I sort of think to myself, you need to do a bit of pack following just for fucking self-preservation, man. Do you know what I mean? But, that, but that's the thing, isn't it? It's like, that is, I'm, with my nephew, I think that, he's a really bright kid, he, but he goes his own way with mm. stuff and it, it's quite sort of, you know, he's, he's sort of, what is he, six now? But he's sort of got, <clears throat> you can see he's got that side of him where he doesn't really conform to, and I was like that. But then I was like that and then, that moment where you sort of realise, it, it's a r- ridiculous thing to sort of say, but then school, that element of school and pr- something, somewhere like when you watch a film of prison, that's the only two places where you think, well, actually you're all forced together here, yeah. you know, and you're in a microclimate of like society and you're going to basically have to find your place in this. Yeah. And like by, by, like by one sense, you want like, you know, hope he's going to walk his own path, but by that token, you still don't. You don't want him to be the kid with birdseed in his pocket yeah. at lunchtime. Oh my God. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like you say, it's like I, I remember just thinking, "Wow, like who can I attach myself here to, to here?" Like I've, you know, I've come in on an absolute ricker at school at the moment. Not just within my own class, but within the whole school, I'm the kid who plays with toys, right? And also for a week, I was a kid who told everyone I played with toys in quite a fucking showy offy way. Like thinking that it was yeah, cool. You went in big. Thought you had... thought you were going to be. You thought you yeah, were going to yeah, be yeah. the alpha because yeah. of the you know, number of Ninja Turtles you had. <laughs> no, I, I, it wasn't just Ninja Turtles. I was like, now nah, I got Rocksteady and Bebop, um, Splinter. Oh, no. um, what the fucking? Yeah. <laughs> I've got the sewer layer, mate. So if you want to come out and play with the sewer layer, you're more than welcome, mate. What are you I mean, I, do you know Tom, Tom Davis is one of the only people who's actually got the eight pro nil action figure. <laughs> With like, uh, who's the with guy? Like who's the guy with the hockey? Who's the guy with the hockey Casey, mask? Casey, Casey Jones. Casey something, yeah, yeah. Casey, yeah, I got Casey Jones in his changeable, changeable mask, yeah. mate. So. Yeah, I've actually got, I've actually got all like six masks from like where he's like goes into different situations and stuff. There's also the underwater mask <laughs> where like it's got like two vent things on it where he can go underwater if he needs to. <laughs> the last part of that conversation saying it as you're winded, <laughs> <laughs> and you still think people are interesting? Oh god. 
now uh one of the th- we sh- we can go into email shortly but um i i want to talk about a couple of things first of all before we do yeah you know we had the argument about the 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 email yeah. last week um we'll, we'll talk about the email in a minute but but um a few people thought that you and i we, we got well i say a few people we've got a couple of messages from people thinking that we'd really f- they were made to feel a bit uncomfortable about the fact that you and i sort of had quite such a passionate falling out yeah um and I just want to sort of yeah, I, I will jump in here as well yeah. quickly. This this is very much mine and Romish's relationship. Like in what we've just done here, we were just chatting. This is this the whole podcast is very natural, isn't it? It is who we are. So we will go me and Romish quite often from being how we are right now, where we're both talking about how alike we are and that we're both these two douchebags at school and we're, we're very similar. But also we are very passionate, and if, you know we argue in real life, don't we? We we've we've made people feel uncomfortable in. In situations where other people have been around, I mean, you have had arguments about ridiculous things. Yeah, but we're not, we're yeah. never, I'm never annoyed. I never really lose my temper. No, no, no. It's just like, you know, it's just one of those things. Tom, you know, if I think Tom's utterly wrong, and I'm sure you can imagine that comes up a lot. Uh, <laughs> if Tom's, Tom's utterly wrong, you sort of get passionate about the discussion, don't you? And equally, yeah. Tom does his thing of sort of pretending to be nice and, and butter wouldn't melt, but actually is issuing a, a horrific set of body flows that other people don't seem to notice. <laughs> And so end up having a go at me for being hor- horrendous to him. We we were we were actually we were put in a. I, I've had a tough weekend, mate. Because so I just did I just did last weekend. I did the last episode of the Ranga Nation, which is obviously knackering. And then we came into. I would describe that in terms of the nature of the scenes and the length of the day as a very yeah, challenging yeah. day at work, wasn't it? Yeah. And, Oh man, so, yeah. yeah. And there was one bit so, where I've got to apologise to you. I haven't really spoken to you about it since we did it, but I do want to apologise. There's one bit. Basically, there was a scene where Tom does a bit at the top, and then obviously I don't want to spoil anything. And then I arrive later on at his sort of request. Right, he, Gary calls me into the scene, <laughs> and one point, very late on, we were due to finish at eleven. Right, this must have been about, I reckon, ten o'clock. It's looking like we're pushing it yeah. for the finishing time. We're we've been going since about ten o'clock. Yeah, worried about the the rain. Yeah, it's like you know, it's all that. There's a lot of pressure in those situations because you've got to get this stuff done. You can't set up all this stuff that's been set up again. So, anyway, we're doing a scene, and I didn't realise because I guess because I wasn't paying attention or something. I didn't realise they were going as far as my entrance into the scene. So bearing in mind, they've set up cameras. Everybody's good to go. They've done checks and everything. The scene starts. It gets to the point where Tom calls me in and I'm just watching from the side because I'm such a fucking idiot. I haven't realised that it's actually going to the bit where I come in. And so they have to stop everything. For me to take my coat off, for me to get ready to actually act in, and then what do I say? Oh, sorry, I didn't realise that you'd require me for the scene that I'm a very key part of. Anyway, Tom was Tom. Tom was he did a bit of you know he did a bit of laugh. Oh look, oh look at his what an idiot! What you know, sort of doing it, playing to the crowd a bit. Do you know what I mean, sort of really loving it. <laughs> no, but, no, but at the time I felt a little bit sorry for you because you were all a mess. And like you're sort of like you know you're all sort of scruffy. You've been eating one of your vegan jerky snacks. Right? But you bought for me. Thank you. By the way, Tom yeah, yeah, did a wonderful thing, and I think these things really did. He went to the shop before he went to do filming, and he's getting some snacks. And he bought me a bag of vegan jerky. 
that means a lot to me. Thank you. Anyway. But you know what was even nicer is the fact that then one of the runners came in and said, oh, we've bought Ramesh um, some vegan snacks and came in with a massive, and when I say it's like a bag for life, one of those big ones you get from, I think, Tesco's, and it was full of vegan snacks. And I said, oh, is there anything for me? And he said, oh, there's some Propeka crisps that we've had for since no one else has touched. So, and also they'd be vegan as well, wouldn't they, Propeka crisps? Yeah, they, they, so, well, they were yeah. in my, they were in my snack bag. <laughs> Yeah. Do you know what I would say? That's I would say that's the one one not one, one of the advantages of being a vegan, apart from sort of just being a better person and kind of definitely going to heaven, is <laughs> is the fact that uh, you sounded so posh when you said it, <laughs> said heaven said it heaven when you said it you went yeah 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 um yeah it's one of the good things about being a vegan you get to go to heaven. <laughs> <laughs> Like, like you think someone's listening yeah. now. God? Ooh, did he say heaven? <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not here because you're a vegan, but every time you talked of this place, you spoke of it well. Yeah. You always enunciated when you spoke of the heavens. Well done. <laughs> I would say, but I know we don't, we don't want to get into this, but if I was to get into heaven, the bar must be yeah. so low. Do you not think that? Yeah. I mean, do you think you deserve to go to heaven? If I'm honest with you, I think I think purgatory will be better anyway. Sort of middle ground, and you, I, I I quite like that because you're not. I can't believe we're talking about this, but you're not getting a hot poker up the arse every day. But at the same no. time, it's not it's not sanctimonious. Do you know what I mean? I think a lot of people that we know and love are going to be in purgatory. Yeah. I think look, when you look at the bar, it is to get into heaven. I think like, and also then you look at the people who are actually going to be there. Cliff Richard will probably be there. Maybe you I think don't know. so. <laughs> I mean. I don't want to speak it all, Cliff. It's I'm not so, too sure how many, uh, so... how many. <laughs> but he's the first person when I think of heaven that's probably going to be. I don't like, want to have a legal back, action yeah. against this podcast because somebody's upset that we said that they're not going to go to heaven or whatever. No, no, no. Right. Yeah. But, but Cliff, he... look, Cliff Richard, come on. He did mistletoe and wine and, you know. Yeah, he's done a he lot of good children songs. singing Christian yeah. rhyme. So he is definitely yeah. going to go to heaven. Yeah. And I think there's an ilk of person who'll probably get mm. there. And I think there's an ilk, like, and then, but I think there's just a lot of middle ground people who won't. Who, a lot of people, I think, you might think they'll get. Look, this is what we've basically been talking. Set your sights low. If you get to purgatory, that's great. We'll see you there. If you do end up getting, yeah. If you do get to heaven, wow, fucking hell, you smashed it. But also, you probably not made your most of the time that you've had here. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, it's like I think Rich, like, like Richard Harris is one of my heroes. He'll definitely be in purgatory. What do you think the score is when you get to purgatory and stuff as well? Do you think we'll all? Do you think you'll be in a generational sort? Of, do you think we everyone mixes, or do you think? Well, like, it's a good question. First of all, I would say I've not given purgatory anywhere near the the level of thought that I have done as to what might what hell and heaven might be. But so start thinking about purgatory because I I'm I don't want to hurt you here, but I do think you'll probably be at purgatory. Okay, thank you. And also, but I think purgatory will just be like a strip in one of. But the what is like Adam purgatory? Is purgatory do you spend forever in purgatory or do you spend however you do a shift you have to there. build up you have to build up points don't you and then eventually yeah, you build up like tokens and points to then get into heaven or, or if you get to purgatory and you're a complete arsehole someone turns around and says look there's nothing else for it we, we give you a chance you're gonna have to go to hell but if you go to purgatory i think you could probably spend infinity uh but in purgatory yeah if you walk the line and but i mean i think also by that token i think you could probably grab you know get loads of points and stuff get to heaven and if you don't like it 
just be a dickhead in heaven and then they'll send you back to poetry. Did I ever tell you when Cliff Cliff Richard went came to my school? Oh my god. Is this story does this story lead to us in a court in a court case against Cliff no, no, Richard? No, no, no. All right. No. He came to our school, right? And um we had an RE teacher called Mr. Sills. Yeah. And he Dodgy? had spent a long uh nice guy actually. Okay. He was one of the only few teachers who actually liked me. But um he uh, spent quite a lot of time uh getting um Cliff Richard to come to our school and uh sort of just perform and just sort of, you know, and he'd written to him and whatever back in the day when you had to write letters. Anyway, he gets him to come uh, and it's this like, This is, you know, by the way, this is, th- this is, that's for him, isn't it? Yeah, that's for him. That's for no him. kids are going, oh, I hope Cliff Richard come back again. <laughs> but I used to know all the words to a lot of these Christmas songs. Um, I mean, I've got quite a few of these sort of stories, but anyway, we, we did one time where it was all the worst kids in the school had to at Christmas do a choir of singing Mistletoe and Wine which was literally the worst thing mm. I'd ever seen in my life. It was like butchered the song. But anyway, so he, he's like complained to get Cliff there with this massive thing. You know, you taught at this school. It was an absolute shit of a school. It was awful. Um, anyway, Cliff uh, is, <laughs> Mr. Sills stands on stage and he's like, um, boys and girls, um, you know, I'm so, so honoured. I don't know you're all so excited to say hello to one of the, you know, the musical greats of our time. Da, 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 does this speak? Um, oh my god! Put your hands together for Cliff Richard, and Cliff, Cliff Richard comes walking on stage, and he goes, "Hello, boys and girls!" And one of the older kids at the back just shout out, "Richard, you wake!" <laughs> <laughs> it's like, how did he? How did he react to that? He kind of pretended he didn't hear it, and sort of started like sort of like talking about God and shit, but um. Uh, Mr. Sills, Mr. Sills, this is like Mr. Sills. It ruined it for him because he just honed in at this one kid at the back and shouted it, and all the kids obviously are laughing. Yeah, um, yeah, it was uh, what an incredible thing memory. to do. No, look, Tom, we've got to get to we've got to get to emails here, mate. Yeah, yeah. So, Sorry, man, we twisted off. But yeah, so so look, the argument last week it was quite intense. Yeah, um, I'd say as well, it's quite explosive. It probably felt more explosive because we were both absolutely shattered for ninety percent of that podcast, and at the end mm. of it, we mm. I think we we rallied to sort of you know we were both probably ultra sensitive. Um, and yeah, uh, we probably yeah. didn't do. But the... If anyone was upset, yeah, or we're sorry. With Tom and I love each other very much, and the friendship didn't suffer any ill effects from the debate um having said that i've, I've got really posh there again didn't i yeah, 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 yeah didn't suffer any ill effects from the debate okay now uh speaking of which we asked for your um opinions on this and i would say it's probably based on general kind of emails 70 30 in my favor i would say in terms of what people thought okay, okay. that's the well, first thing i'll say off the bat but i have pulled out three emails to sort of summarise yep. the various arguments, right? And I've picked out the people okay. who I think sort of knowledge-wise would be the best people to go to, all right? One of them is an organisational psychologist. Wow. One of them is a lawyer. Wow. And one of them is Philip himself, the cafe owner. Jeez, Phil Bay! Yeah, Philip's back in the room. <laughs> so for those of you that don't know, Philip, the cafe owner was laughing at the podcast. Somebody was jogging, came past, um, saw him laughing, thought he was laughing at her, stuck a finger up, started abusing him, and he said, 
I guess I've lost a customer there. She comes into the cafe and then Tom and I had a massive argument about whether she recognised him or not. I did. I said you couldn't tell. Tom said she definitely recognised him. That's a summary. Okay. Can I just quickly jump in with one thing? My wife listens to this podcast and my wife did say to me, um, she said, if that was you as in the woman's place and you saw someone laughing at you when you were running, you'd have lost your shit completely. Mm. She said you would have done what definitely, she said, you know, the woman, so you called a, the woman you called an absolute prick, if I recall correctly. <laughs> so my, my problem wasn't the fact of her reaction. It was the fact that did she not recognise Philip? That was the whole yeah. thing. Philip, yeah. she, she, she's looked at Philip's face, yeah. like, you know, and, and I can I completely empathise with her for the fact that she thought, you know, but when she saw Philip's face, I still to this day think she knows Phil from the cat. Okay. So let's... let's okay. So... Let, I'm going to let you do it now. So this comes from Daniel Umphrey. Uh, and he says, hey, lads, great pod. As an organisational psychologist, I work every single day with teams and leaders. In almost every case, my role is to untangle people's misaligned beliefs and misplaced assumptions. These often are the reason why the onset of destructive conflict occurs and potentially why you two had your little verbal dust up. Um, as I get into the second paragraph, I see Tom smashing a shit ton of granola and yoghurt into his face. But in this case... I'd argue Rom is slightly more at fault than Tom. Why? Despite Rom brilliantly unpicking Tom's assumptions, 75 to 80% chance she knew who he was. She goes in the cafe every day and so on and so forth. Rom has used his own body image issues as a mechanism to assume that she too has body image issues. Assuming she's nervous about it is equally not factual. There are so many other plausible reasons why she reacted the way she did. Therefore, arguably, Rom knowing about Tom's assumptions and then going into a whole appraisal of his own assumptions of her body image is actually more dangerous, in my humble opinion. The game we're playing here is the game of confirmation bias, using only your beliefs to form everyone's truth of the story and only observing things that only support your hypothesis. I hope I haven't been too unkind. Keep up the great work. Uh, there you go. So I'm going to take away from that because obviously there's a lot of it going well, I think I I've got a good idea what you're going to take away from it. Go on. No, but that he was saying that I'm more of a, I can I can look at things probably more clearly nope, than you. He's you not said that. Make it all about he's you. He's not said that. I, you've inferred no, that. I you've inferred that from what he said. But he hasn't said that. Yeah, but he said you've done a shit ton of a deferring last week. He said that basically you're the king of inferring, and I'm just like fucking around scurrying around your feet doing a little bit of it, like <laughs> like a little. No, but yeah, go. On. He was basically saying I was right, right. He was saying it's more likely, right? And actually, he said, for all of the criticising I did of your assumptions, I was actually making some assumptions myself. So, you know, as often is the way with these arguments, what you are angry with other people for doing, if you actually take a long, long hard look at yourself, it might be you're angry at yourself for doing the very wow. same thing. Yeah. And we will be getting that printed onto T-shirts when our new merch comes out. Um, okay, so that's Daniel. Now, we got another email... From Toby, the lawyer, Toby Cummings. Uh, here we go. As a lawyer, listening to the arguments raised by both Tom and Rom on episode 15 regarding the facts of Philip's email, I couldn't resist the urge to write in. I'm a regular listener and would like to thank you for giving my 12-year-old eldest son a thorough introduction to rapid-fire swearing. So, facts as presented. Lady jogging saw him laughing. Philip believes that he, that he assumed at her. Oh, no. This doesn't really back me up when this sentence doesn't make sense. Gave him the middle finger and cursed nonstop while the lights were red. We don't know how long this was. And later there's a claim that she stares and was staring at him. But that's not set out in the facts. 
Only when proceeding, once the lights changed, did you notice it was a customer, suggesting they were either distant before the lights changed or that their views of each other were imperfect. Those were the facts. Everything else is assumed or inferred. Tom asserts that Phil is a good guy based on his email. We don't know if he prefers Phil to Philip at this stage, by the way. That if she's a customer and recognises him, she's out of order. He then asserts that she knows Phil twice. Tom assumes it's a small provincial town as well as the contents of her coffee order. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's my favourite rubbish, look. <laughs> Romesh states that we do not <laughs> we do not know whether or not the lady knows or recognises Philip. Rom conceded there is a chance she recognised him. There is a dispute about the percentage change of that being the uh, percentage chance of that being the case. Tom goes on to vehemently assert that she's out of order because she knows Philip, but that he feels sorry for her and can empathise with her because she might be body shamed. On the facts, Verdict is a hundred percent team Rom, a hundred percent. Sorry, Tom. You might be somehow right about the circumstances, but you're definitely wrong in your assessments that she A, recognised him, and B, knew him to be the owner of the cafe. We simply cannot know that from the facts given. I therefore also blame Philip for this debacle. Keep up the good work, gents. Uh, now, thank you, by the way, for your very detailed email there, Toby. Yeah. Uh, what I would say is um, thank you so much for presenting that. I do think here what's becoming clear is we're both in the wrong here, aren't we? I will just say of... this. We are a pair of idiots who've been asked to, <laughs> asked to evaluate a situation. If you ask for a fucking idiot's response to saying that's exactly what you'll yeah. get. If, right? if, you, if you ask for an idiot's response to something that's happened in your life, who's the idiot? Is it the idiot you've asked yeah. or the idiot you asked the idiot? But I will say this. I think... We need to let's hear from Philip, and I think we can then we can put this thing to bed. Okay. Right. I don't know what Philip. You've read the Philip email, I'm assuming. I, I sort of skimmed it because I, I wanted it to be a bit of a surprise for me as well, actually. Okay, um, cool. Okay. Okay. I'm slightly nervous about this. Let, let me just tell you. What. I'm very nervous about no, it. No, no. Let, let me let me tell you this. something because even if we get this confirmed that she recognised him, you do know that still doesn't make you right. You know that, don't you? I don't think either of us are going to win in this situation. But if I'm honest with you, the one thing, one person I really hope wins in this is the 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 customer and uh, the customer you call um, the fucking arsehole, That one. No. <laughs> no, I hope Philip and his customer can some build some bridges from this. That's okay. what I really hope. Here we go. You ready? Yeah, boy. Hello again, lads. Uh, apologies for the heated debate between you two, but can't lie, I was quite chuffed to have caused it. To answer your question, yes, I do know the woman, and yes, by name. The reason we didn't... Wow. Why is that double gun... But, but just so you know, Tom did double gun fire. Why is that double gun for you? Because he just fucking yeah, said what I... Yeah, your right. guess was correct. Fuck you, Toby Cummings. Fuck you. The reason we didn't recognise each other straight away was that when the traffic lights went green and I drove towards her... Okay, mate, calm down. That's when we clocked each other properly. Rom's point about her being self-conscious would have made sense if for the fact that this woman is one of the few people who's clearly stayed active during lockdown and didn't drift in the other direction like myself. When I went home and told my wife what happened, she said, yes, we know her, and that our kids did after-school activities with hers before lockdown. She told me to explain myself to the woman next time she's in. When I told her Tom's shitgate story, she said she talked to her for me. Love the podcast, Phil. Well, how do you feel, mate? I don't feel anything. This, mean, this makes absolutely no difference. Would you... Mate, I'm not going to get into this again because, quite frankly, like, 
it feels like you've eaten a whole box of I lemons. Absolutely, I absolutely, I've not even fucking had a sip of lemonade, mate, let alone eating a box of lemons. The fact of the matter, first of all, first of all, Phil, I know you're delighted to have caused this d- debate, right? But you're the prick here, all right, Phil? <laughs> you've you've not right. given us the requisite detail. I'm only joking, Phil. You're not a prick. We're actually delighted you've given but, us some but content. But, Phil, can I just say thank you? Because not only, I just thought it was a customer and client relationship, but your, your, your friends yeah, but, outside but, Tom, work you as well. Accidentally, we found that out. You were still assuming all of that. Ramesh, Ramesh, Ramesh. We've been friends a long time, right? Oh, you, right? God. Oh, no, 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 no. On the front side of it, well, I was about to concede after Toby's email, by the way, and I was about to concede. On the front on the front side of it, you open a paper, you look at you and you, you know, your, your resume and who you, all this stuff. Yes, right? But sometimes what you lack is the ability to read between the lines. No, Tom, Tom, I lack the ability to guess correctly, which is what you do. <laughs> No, I've seen the situation. No, I've seen it unfold. No. And you know what? I'm going to say this, oh, Phil. Before you carry on, I just want to say this is the absolute, without a shadow of a doubt, this is the absolute worst version of you that we're seeing now. I just want you to know that. The way you're leaning into the microphone, you tilt your head slightly because you've got a bit of swagger about you. It's absolutely disgusting. <laughs> But go on, do your little fucking Yo, I Phil. have a dream monologue. Go on. Yo, Phil, man. Yo, bro. Um, I want to extend an olive branch to you and the said lady. So when this is over and we're allowed to eat in your sweet merry coffee shop again, um, me and Ramesh will come and we will buy the said lady a coffee. We'll buy you a coffee and maybe some muffins and we can all just sit down together, the four of us, and put this thing to bed. Um. And Phil, um, thank you. I, um, first of all, that was as rank as I thought it might be. Secondly, I, why do you keep offering to meet up with people? Because <laughs> I guess I'm a bit lonely. Yeah, but like, look, no. the truth is we aren't going to go to this coffee shop. Yeah, no, well, I'll go to that coffee shop. No, but shop you won't you. because I know that you... Right, I know, Phil, no, no. can you please, Phil, tell, tell us where the coffee shop is. We won't disclose okay. that information what, 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 unless you want us to. We'll do an right, advert fine. for it. What if he says it's in Nottingham? Or what if he says it's in Lake District? beautiful look Ramesh these people have given us their time to listen to us yes you're right you're right they've given us half an hour to write this email so it's only right that we spend seven hours driving to this cafe you're absolutely right (laughs) by the way Phil this is no disrespect to you if I was passing your cafe of course I'd come in and also I'm hugely grateful to you for giving us for sending us this email It's, it's, it's been great I'm just saying Tom's insistence because what you're doing is you're you're creating enemies now because Phil's going to no, because with? Tom you're like one of the busiest people I know right you are not if this if this cafe is far away you are not going to have the time to go to this cafe and right, then let me just say and this. then you hold on you're making a promise now that you that you might not be able to keep and then Phil will be like oh when are you coming when are you coming and by the way you're not the one that sits through this I'm going to be the one that's fucking spending hours going through emails of pictures saying Romy's a sweet soul like and a picture of fucking Harold Shipman that I've been getting all week and, and getting these emails about how oh, Tom said that you two were going to come and meet me. What's going on with that? Right. I will endeavour, because there's some people, right, what we need to do is put a list together 
And maybe that's something you can do like today or tomorrow. I'm not putting right, a list together of people I've got no intention of meeting. Okay, if you want to do that, right. you go. Guy ahead. in Ireland, we both promised to go and see him when we, if we get, go to Ireland. Yeah, we did. You're like, that's if we go to Ireland. Yeah, we've got Phil in the coffee shop. I think there's a couple of others. What I'm saying is, let's get our heads together and work out a way that we could potentially see some of these absolute guys, superstars that we've chatted to. Some some real sweet souls. When um, I was about eighteen, nineteen, I worked at uh, Sunglass Hut at Gatwick Airport right. and there was a group of lads that were quite hard that sort of knocked about in Crawley and they came into the shop it was like my first few weeks there and they asked to try on the sunglasses some sunglasses and I knew this was going to be a problem because they were like a real dodgy lot and when they left there's a pair of Ray-Bans missing right? right and I thought now I've got to myself into a situation where some people I know have stolen from this shop that have chosen to employ me. So it caused me a lot of anxiety, you know, as a teenager. So I, I went looking for, like, like, so the next day I had da- a day off, I went looking for them. I like still like built up some courage in myself to go and find these guys and just confront them about it. Right. And I went to, I knew where one of them lived. I knocked on his door. I said to him, I need to speak to you about these sunglasses that were missing. And he said, it wasn't me. It was one of the other guys. I said, well, I need to, you need to take me to him right now. Like I was shitting myself, but I, yeah. I, I wanted to get this sorted out. Right. Cause I put my, my job at risk. So anyway, it takes me along fucking huge group of people I'm terrified of. And one of them goes, yeah, I stole the sunglasses. Right. And I said to him, well, you're on camera. I said, you're going to get in shit. You need to fucking give me the sunglasses back. And he said to me, I've sold them on. He goes, can we not just offer to pay the shop for them or something? I said, well, if you want to buy them, I'm sure we can figure something out. And he goes, what about if you and me go halves? <laughs> that is how I felt when he suggested to me that you and me put our heads together to put this list together. <laughs> I don't think we could say about Guy and Phil and some of our sweet, sweet listeners that they've nicked Ray-Bans no, I'm from not the saying that's, you could, I mean, you've willfully <laughs> missed the point of what I'm saying there. But I'm just saying, if there's a way we can dust a little bit of magic in people's lives, then let's just yeah, try Yeah, but Tom, do Tom, what we do is we go, can we, we email them separately and we go, can we get the address for your cafe? And then if it comes to pass that you and I happen to be doing a show or something that's near them, we can drop in as a surprise. That is a better thing to do with zero expectation, a much better thing to do than set it up like some sort of celebrity outreach programme where we're definitely going to this cafe and we're going to buy Phil and this customer a coffee and what, the fucking, wherever he lives, the Lake District Gazette are going to come down and cover it. The quirky little story. I never thought I'd say this, but actually that is the... That's the most sensible thing you said today. <laughs> I quite like that idea. If we know where the cafe is, I'd feel mortified if we were we went to another cafe in Phil's town. Yeah. So Phil, can you just um, email the show um, wolfoutpod at gmail dot com and just email where your cafe is? And if we are in the area, we will pop by. And uh, mine is a cappuccino, and Rubbish's is an oat milk latte. Okay. Good. Well, look, thank you so much for, uh, for all of your emails about that. We got lots of emails about that, and, and, and we read all of them. So thank you very much. Next week, we have, from next week, we have a situation where my wife is going to be sort of 
helping me go through the emails. Um, Which is very exciting. Very in order exciting. to do that, she has started listening to the podcast because she hadn't listened to a, a second of it beforehand. Um, and so she started listening to it. So th- it, this could be quite difficult for me. Please don't say, yeah. please do me a favour and don't start sending emails like, Romish, when are you going to come and fuck me like you promised me you were going to? <laughs> but keep on with the pictures because no, Romish told no. me this week. Please yeah. don't, because honestly, I, genuinely, again, loads of them. Like Romish is a sweet soul light and then there's a picture of Cruella Deville. Romish is a sweet soul light and then there's a picture of Rishi Sunak. Romish is a sweet soul light and then there's a picture of Thanos. Like it's, I, I get what the joke is, but please don't. <laughs> okay all right tom it's been a more upbeat episode hasn't it this one i think you know I've i hope it, i hope we haven't upset anybody we we went back to that situation um and we dealt with and it i think we cleared it yeah, up i think we and did. i think i think we know that you know oh, okay. someone's, someone's right someone's, yeah. wrong, people, someone's wrong anyway let's no. still go over it tom, we, we know we know can you do me the honor of taking us out of the pod look sometimes you are going to be fiery and sometimes the fireworks are going to be insane. They'll light up the sky with their burning lights. But sometimes when you look at the fireworks, they're not there as aggressors. They're there to bring joy. Sometimes that is the actual reason of firework night. It's not about a guy who ages ago was trying to set fire to a um, uh, house or whatever. It's about... (laughs) All of us setting off the fiery side of us and for one night just letting the sky be ablaze. And that's what friendship is. Sometimes you're just on a canoe, the two of you, you know, just bobbing along on a very calm and still river. And sometimes a wave's hit and you're shouting at each other saying, oh, you idiot, you shouldn't have shouldn't have come this way. We shouldn't have gone canoeing today. I knew it would be bad weather. But you find a way together to make it through. What I'm saying is friendship isn't always calm water. Sometimes it's a little bit more fractured. And the fractured times, they don't make you hate the person or loathe the person. They make you love them that little more. (laughs) As Katy Perry once said, baby, I'm a firework. God bless her soul for that. It felt like you were struggling for an ending, but you found it. You pulled a fucking delightful yeah. one right out of your ass at the last yeah, second. I was, I was, I've got to say, I was lost at sea a little bit there, but uh, that's a little bit of word for advice. Look at all of the work of Katy Perry and all the work of Pink if you're looking for an ending to any speech. I'm going to just say something before we end this podcast. Katy Perry's Firework, all right? What a song to put on yeah. when you want a lift, man. Like, yeah, I, I think, I know that that's what that song's about. But I defy anybody to put that song on and not feel a little bit better about things afterwards. You know what I do? Sometimes, like, Friday with me and you were acting yeah. together, and I knew I had to bring something big. I knew that I was tired, and I was a little bit down, if I'm honest with you. I put on Wrecking Ball, and that was everything was okay again. You sort of being uplifted by Wrecking Ball is an image that I'm going to treasure for a long, long time. Well, look, with that, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Uh, James Torrance, can you take us out with a little bit of firework? We'll see you next time. This has been The Wolf and the Owl. Take care.
you have a problem, opinion, feedback, or anything at all, please email us at wolfalpod at gmail.com. That's wolfalpod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, mainly because we don't have any content ideas. Thank you.